Thank you all you kids for being here today and don't lose heart. That is the name of the sermon titled this morning, Don't Lose Heart. And the text is this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and the very first verse of chapter 5. Uh, as I begin today, I, I want to say I, I'm guessing that most of you in this room have a credit card. Uh, most people have a credit card. Uh, we may not all have the same credit card, though, right? I mean, it depends on what you really value as to what credit card you might choose to have in your wallet or in your purse. For those of you who like to fly to faraway exotic places, maybe your credit card is one of those that every time you use it, you get frequent flyer miles. And so it helps so that whenever you get ready to fly, uh, you don't even have to buy your airline ticket. Uh, others of you like cash back. That sounds good to you. And so you want the card that's going to, every time you use it, put as much of that money back into your pocket as is possible. And so you've chosen your credit card based on the cash back options. Some maybe in this room have chosen their credit card because of the low interest. Maybe you're worried that you might not be able to pay off your balance every single month. And so you want a credit card with a low uh, interest rate so that you can uh, save a little money as you're trying to pay that off. I'm guessing that all of us have lots of different kinds of credit cards. My personal favorite is the American Express Hilton Honors Card. Because I like to follow my Ole Miss Rebels when they're traveling on the road. I like to take trips that are within driving distance. And I just like knowing that whenever I get ready to take a trip, every time I've used my card throughout the year, I have uh, gathered points. And that I typically don't have to ever pay for a, ho a hotel room whenever I get ready to uh, go on a little trip. Of some kind. In fact, I am such a proponent of the American Express Hilton Honors Card that my closest friends tell me that if I'd led as many people to the Lord as I had the American Express Hilton Honors Card, there wouldn't be enough seats in this sanctuary this morning for us to gather together. But I like the card. I'm, I'm passionate about the card. I have brand loyalty. And so whenever you sell me on your product or your service, I typically stay with it and, and promote it to the best of my ability. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about a man named Paul who has no credit card. But he's still very passionate about something. He's passionate about Jesus. And because he's passionate about Jesus, he can't stop talking about Jesus. Now, this Paul was not always so passionate about Jesus. You might remember a few weeks ago we were talking about this man initially was known as Saul. And Saul was one of the greatest persecutors of people following Jesus that there was in the early church. He wanted to silence them. In fact, if he could silence them, he wanted to really silence them by killing them. And he was on his way to Damascus one day. Uh, he was going to warn the Jewish synagogue leaders of this growing threat of the followers of Jesus. And while he's on his way, he has a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. He falls to his knees. He's temporarily blinded. He has a conversation with Jesus. He later regains his sight. And this 
experience with Jesus, this encounter with Jesus was so transformational, so profound that the one who had been intent on silencing followers of the way now could not keep silent about the one that those that they followed, Jesus the Christ. And so in our scripture lesson this morning, this is a man who is passionate about Jesus. He cannot keep quiet. But let's be honest. It's one thing to be passionate about the Hilton Honors card, isn't it? I mean, I could tell you all about it. And chances are, if you don't like that credit card or you don't like what I'm saying, my life is not going to be in jeopardy. And yet, what Paul is passionate about, Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel could and likely would result in Paul being killed. I mean, it started out fine. If you read some of Paul's earliest letters that we still have record of here in the Scripture, uh, most likely the Thessalonian letters, you see that in the beginning Paul was just filled with joy and excitement and eagerness to share the gospel. It seems like things, for the most part, are going relatively well. And yet by the time we get to 2 Corinthians, the letter that we're in today, Paul has begun to experience some hardships because of his passion for Jesus. He's carrying some burdens that he did not carry initially. He's being falsely accused. He's been flogged. He's been whipped. He's been shipwrecked. He's been imprisoned. Um, he is, there is a threat for his life, his very life. And so Paul is burdened. And so have you ever wondered, how in the world could Paul keep being passionate about Jesus? How could he keep sharing the good news of Jesus Christ when his very life is in jeopardy? How in the world could this guy not lose heart? How could he keep going? Well, the answer was in our scripture lesson for this morning there's at least three things that I find in this passage that seems to suggest how Paul was able to persevere, how he was able to, to keep heart and not lose his faith. And the first is because of the promise of Jesus that there would be that he would be raised with Jesus. You see, you can use your Hilton Honors card and you can spend free nights in the embassy suites. But if you're passionate about Jesus and you're following Jesus, there is the promise that you spend eternity in heaven. In, in, a, in a hotel not built by human hands, if you will. And, and so that's one of the things that really motivates Paul. Paul has this belief. He has heard and he believes and so he shares that uh, he will be raised with Christ just as Christ was raised from the dead. And that's why Paul, one of the reasons why Paul is unable to lose heart. But there's another reason why Paul doesn't lose heart. And that's the reason is you and me, people like us. You see, Paul believed and so he shared that when he tells people about 
Jesus Christ, when he shares the good news of God's great love, that, that if we become mindful of just how much God loves us and how much God is willing to do on our behalf, especially in and through the death and resurrection of Jesus, then we might have a better and deeper understanding of God's grace. A gift that we don't deserve, a gift that we cannot earn, but a gift nevertheless that has been offered freely to us. And Paul says that if we are somehow able to understand that loving grace of God, that we will not, cannot help but be thankful for it. And if we're thankful for it, we will give God glory for it. So, make no mistake about it, Paul does believe in the resurrection. Paul is looking forward to, regardless of what happens to him in this life, being raised with Christ in the last days. But he is not so heavenly minded that he is of no earthly use. Paul wants you and me to know that God loves us so much that this grace is made available to us because Paul wants us to share in that same resurrection. Paul wants us to be mindful and thankful to God for this wonderful and beautiful gift. Paul wants us to give God glory for this gift. But there's a third way that Paul is able to keep heart, to not lose heart. Is that Paul is able to see his sufferings as reminding him of Christ's suffering. And so every time that Paul suffers, he's mindful that Christ suffered. And why did Christ suffer? Christ suffered for us. Uh, Christ came to to give us the best uh, visible example of God's great love. And, And we know how much someone loves us by what they're willing to give up for us. And Jesus was willing to even endure the pain and agony of the cross As an expression of his love. And so Paul says, if Christ is willing to suffer for me because of his love for me, then I want to be willing to suffer for others because of my love for them. And Paul is focused not on those present difficulties in his life but on how God might use those difficulties in his life to deepen his relationship with Jesus. And so he chooses not to focus on the momentary afflictions, but how God might be using those afflictions to deepen his relationship and his faith in Jesus Christ. I find great hope in this scripture because... Uh, I'm sure like you, there are many days that I find myself losing heart. I find myself struggling because the day didn't go as well as I would like or as I planned. Or maybe that I'm carrying burdens that I, that I don't want to carry, that, that, that uh, I'm tired of carrying. And Paul's words are helpful to me. Because in those days when those things threaten to get us down, I can instead look with a longer view in mind. And I can say, God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't want to be going through this. 
But I know that you can use even something like this to deepen my relationship with you and increase my faith. So I don't want to lose heart. I know that my sufferings can remind me of Christ's sufferings, who suffered because of his great love for me. And that gives me a desire to want to love others in that same kind of way, even if it means that I must suffer. Paul says, don't lose heart. That Jesus loves us. That eternity awaits us. And even if we were the only ones, God's great love, God would have done anything to prove God's great love towards us. So we can be thankful when we understand the depth of that love. And we can give God glory for that love. And maybe, just maybe, we cannot lose heart.